This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Masterclass and by Gainful. What did you do, Robert? You killed them all, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, they got him. After a lifetime of evading justice, Robert Durst, the subject of the hit HBO documentary series The Jinx, was finally found guilty of murder. Finally, after several attempts. Yeah, and decades. Yeah. Uh, from the New York Times. The verdict, which came after about seven and a half hours of deliberations, was the latest act in a case that spanned almost four decades. It began in the wealthy precincts of New York with the mysterious disappearance of Mr. Durst's first wife, Kathy, in 1982, and concluded with his conviction for the 2000 killing of Susan Berman, a friend who prosecutors said helped him cover up his wife's disappearance and death. Mr. Durst, a frail 78-year-old millionaire who sat through the trial in a wheelchair, was convicted of first-degree murder and faces the possibility of a life sentence. A judge is scheduled to sentence him at a later date. And to be fair, any sentences at all, really, is pretty much... It's going to be a life sentence for this guy. Yeah. He is 78 years old, and it's a rough 78. It's a very uh, rough 78. And he's, <laughs> he might be hamming it up a bit to, like, look frail and weak, like, uh, what's his name? The... Uh, uh, movie executive guy who's like, oh, I need a walker Weinstein, now. Weinstein, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Robert Durst looked pretty, like, old and frail in the documentary years yeah, ago. That was, like, seven years ago. So, uh, yeah, it, he, he is, uh, for the whatever's remaining of his life, uh, not going to have a fun time. Yeah. But he did get away with it for a very long time, he, which also sucks. He will likely have spent uh, much longer getting away with crimes than yeah. getting punished for crimes. yeah. Um, anyways, uh, with that huge update out of the way, I guess we can get into some more of the, uh, the fun news uh, from this past Non-murder news? Yes, non-murder news time. Um, uh, starting with a report from NME by way of uh, something called the Nova Legal Funding. It's, it's a blog, basically, of legal analysts. Uh, but they detail just how much money the Jackass team has racked up in medical bills over the years. Warning. The following estimates of medical expenses might shock and horrify anyone living outside the United States of America. The USA and its citizens enjoy having their health care tied to their jobs or provided to them at monumental expense, and find it thrilling to live with the constant threat of medical bankruptcy looming over our heads. Please do not attempt to rationalize our very cruel, convoluted system. I'm Johnny Knoxville, and welcome to Medical Bankruptcy. For anyone that isn't financed by a huge... Uh, media corporation called Viacom. So yeah, according to these reports, the jackass medical bills would have cost over $24 million. Yeah. <sighs> and honestly, considering that without insurance, something as simple as breaking a bone can cost five figures here in the States. Love it or leave it. <laughs> uh, that $24 million price tag, really not that shocking. But here's the breakdown. A study from Nova Legal Funding has calculated the cost of the Jackass team's medical bills in total, examining 79 injuries incurred by members Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, Chris Pontius, Aaron McGahey, Dave England, Jason Weeman Acuna, and Preston Lacey. Knoxville topped the list with the highest bill at around $8.6 million, which includes treatment for an alligator bite, $100,000, a brain hemorrhage he suffered while filming the upcoming film Jackass Forever, $2.5 million, and 16 concussions, $4 million. Jesus, that's a lot of concussions, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he still has his marbles. That's the thing is, uh, I used to do a lot of like BMX and dirt jumps and all that stuff when I was a kid, and I remember one of our classmates, uh, the doctor told him if you get one more concussion, you're going to have to wear a helmet the rest of your life, Yeah, and uh, it might get real bad. And I feel like he was nowhere near 16 concussions. Yeah, that's a lot of concussions. That's, yeah. That's actually, that's fucked up. I had a lot of concussions, not that many, but uh, to the point where, like, 
my mom would have to monitor me in my sleep to make sure I didn't have any issues. Jesus Christ. So, uh, yeah. I am, Extreme sports were fun. I've had zero concussions. Really? And I, keep, I plan on keeping it that way. Well, you're old enough now that we're, uh, it would uh, be completely unintentional for you. Yeah. Um, Falling in the shower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's coming soon, Elliot. Yeah. You better watch out. You still have time. The old age will uh, definitely get you. Yeah. Uh, but the article continues. McGahey was in second with over $7.38 million in medical bills, including $2.7 million for breaking his neck three times. Yeah, he's always in that neck brace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I thought was a bit, but yeah. apparently it wasn't. He just uh, always had a broken neck. Uh, and $1.2 million to fix four broken noses. What about that tooth that he had uh, ripped out of his uh, face? That is actually in the list. The, the, the Legal Fund website has infographics with a full list of uh, breakdown. And yeah, the lost teeth thing are, are in there as well. For uh, Pretty much all of them have lost teeth. The teeth. tooth stunt, the one where they intentionally pulled it out with like a, was it a car or something? Yeah. That one's so rough because it's like, on paper, it sounds like it's going to go super easy, but the angle, like he's not sitting yeah, like, it like ripped. ripped the gums out. Yeah, the, yeah. It, like, ugh. Yeah, but it, the, be he, the best part about him is like, his facial reactions to everything like, that always oh, happens. Man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he had the best facial reactions out of like all the crew. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Steve-O came in third with 5.8 million. Uh, England fourth with 1.65 million. While Acuna and Lacey were at the bottom with uh, uh, 675,000 and 75,000 respectively. Pretty low numbers. Wow. Uh, the study estimates all injuries across these six individuals in total have cost $24,263,000. If they took into account all stunt performers across the entire franchise, though, they estimate the medical bill to hit over $38 million. So that's with, like, the CKY crew oh, yeah. and uh, an other ancillary characters. That's um, not even including uh, all of BAM's uh, bills for uh, rehab stints. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. That yeah. would... Uh, well, they don't have to deal with that anymore. Nope. Um, nope. Anyways, according to the assessment, uh, they estimated these costs of injuries by an average based on research from the legal team's personal injury specialist. Um, they do seem kind of high, but then again, like, uh, you never really know unless you don't have insurance. And then when you don't have insurance, and it's a, it is a broken system, but if you don't have insurance and you, like, break your leg, uh, you can set up payment plans and get cash. Dis it's a fucked up system. It's it's dumb. It's it's similar to like buying a car. It's like, how much does a car cost? I don't, I don't know. know. I guess you have to come down and figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Especially when we have a bunch of paperwork in your face. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll how see. much does it cost? <laughs> I'm just selling the car. We'll let our finance department take care of that. Bye. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, just for fun, let's take a look at uh, the least expensive injuries on the list. Lip stitches for Steve-O, $10,000. Mm. Broken wrist for Knoxville, $85,000. I mean, it is, uh, uh, the wrist is complex. Uh, it's, and it's also very important. You can't lot, just like... A lot of uh, bones in there. Yeah. Set it and forget it. You want to take care of it. Yeah. Um, luckily, of course, Viacom and Paramount are footing the bill and providing the insurance for everything. And I'm sure that their insurance policy is airtight specifically for these movies and the show. Um, yeah, this is all considering any injuries that took place after the show got popular on MTV. But we're sure that they... All these guys definitely sustained plenty of injuries before they all had money. And um, a lot of them, they likely ignored yeah. uh, because they'd rather deal with it instead of getting treated due to the expense. Yeah. Um, so that's how you get hooked on Duster, kids. But he's clean and he's doing great. Steve-O. Steve-O. Not Bam. But Bam has been... Uh, he's been popping up in somewhat normal capacity recently. Okay. Uh, but then again, like, this is TMZ stuff, but like... 
His wife just filed for sole custody of their kid, but not divorce. A- anyways, he's a mess, and it's a, it's a, it's a bummer. So yeah, let's just move on. Uh, anyway, that's not the only jackass stunt news that we have for you this week, though, because we're pretty sure that all these revelations were supposed to coincide with the initial release date for the new film, Jackass Forever, which was scheduled to hit theaters next month but has since been pushed back to February of this year. God ne- damn it. Next year, next year. Next year. Yeah. It's been pushed back to February 2021. We're doing it a year <laughs> over again. I wish we could. I uh, wish <laughs> the, the, the gift of hindsight would really be something, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, either way, Steve-O and Wee Man recently appeared on Hot Ones with Sean Evans, and during their conversation, they revealed some stunts that were apparently too dangerous for the Jackass films. Uh, from Slash Film, who had a detailed breakdown of the interview. When Evans asks them if there are any jackass stunts that have been relegated to the vault, Steve-O quickly responds with three that were too violent for standards and practices. Perhaps the least surprising thing about all three stunts, the absolutely fearless Johnny Knoxville was at the center of all three. The first segment, Box Downstairs, involved Knoxville getting into a cardboard box and, you guessed it, rolling down some stairs. It was a great idea, Steve-O relates with a laugh. He got in a box and tucked in some pillows around him, taped it up, and rolled down a huge flight of cement stairs. At Knoxville also apparently shot himself with a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson handgun, though he was wearing a bulletproof vest beneath his shirt. The third stunt involved Knoxville getting hit by a car. There was also, I'm Johnny Knoxville and I'm gonna get hit by a car. The car came flying, he hit the windshield and rolled over, Steve-O said. They asked him, what were you thinking when you got hit by the car? Knoxville's answer, I wore two pairs of jeans so that I could be safe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, the, uh, shooting himself, that was, uh, from the, uh, Big Brother yeah. tapes, uh, pre, pre-Jackass. Before, yeah, that was one of their early, early stunts. For the young kids who are watching this show, before Jackass, there were two separate entities. There was CKY, aka Camp Kill, you can't even say it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. CK, you get it. And, uh, Big Brother, Big Brother Magazine. There's a documentary about Big Brother on, on Hulu, Hulu, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Um, those two crews came together and became what Jackass uh, yeah. was. Um, much of this may of uh, all the cool skater kids and bike and bike riding kids like me who were like, oh, damn, mainstream's caught on, and now it's not fun to jump into bushes anymore. They ruined it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to reiterate, the uh, fourth film in the Jackass series, Jackass Forever, will be released on February 4th, barring any further delays. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Moving on, though, one of the positive aspects of TikTok becoming the biggest social media platform is that it gets all the heat for starting shocking and sometimes destructive new trends that everyone can complain about. Yeah. Keep the attention away from YouTube, please. And thank you. We don't need another adpocalypse over here. Yeah, TikTok's getting all the heat these days. It's great. And yeah, this latest one is ridiculous. Uh, Earlier this month, there was, you know, the milk crate challenge, which is probably going to get dinged for even saying that. Yeah. But that was where people willingly injured themselves by attempting to climb a stack of milk crates. Sounds easy in your head. It's It's not. not, It's not. And Uh, we can't show the videos. We'll get in trouble. So this challenge isolated the destruction to the body of the person attempting the challenge, which is bad, but at least they weren't hurting anyone else with their stupidity. Mm -hmm. This week, however, two new trends started getting mainstream attention, and both of them are pretty destructive depending on how far people take it. One is just plain mean (laughs) to the janitorial staff down at your local school. And your local taxpayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While uh, the other is kind of just uh, completely, just a waste of perfectly good beans. That's true. Uh, now the This first... man's wasting beans. <laughs> Call him out. Uh, shame this man. He is wasting perfectly good beans. The first uh, is apparently a challenge 
which the, the term challenge is thrown around pretty loosely when it comes to these trends. Uh, but the goal is to literally destroy your school's bathroom. Yeah. Seems simple enough. And I mean, literally anyone who attended a public high school in their entire lives, uh, you had this happen at least once, right? Like, did you ever have your high school bathroom destroyed? I mean, not really. There was vandalism shit. We grew up in two different areas, Elliot. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, apparently now it's happening far too frequently because there's clout involved. So, yeah. Uh, there's also the fact that uh, idiot kids are filming themselves doing it. And again, it's just it's just for clout. Yeah. That's all. This is literally like the kids' version of Capital Riders, and we we honestly hoped that uh, kids were smarter than this these days. But turns out, kids are still fucking stupid. Uh, here's a story from NPR. Reports have emerged from across the country. A stolen soap dispenser and damaged sink in Florida, intentionally clogged toilets and mirrors and soap dispensers ripped from walls in California, destruction and red dye staining the bathrooms and a teacher's belongings stolen in Arkansas. Ceiling tiles and partitions destroyed in Tennessee, Aubrey Chancellor, the executive director of communications for the Northeast Independent School District in San Antonio, Texas, says that schools there have experienced similar damage. It's certainly very, very frustrating for administrators, for custodians, teachers, other students, maintenance staff, she tells Weekend Edition. When this type of thing happens, not only do the custodians and the maintenance workers have to stop whatever they actually should be doing, they have to then come and clean up that sort of thing. It's also frustrating for the students because those restrooms then need to be shut down. Yeah, was, uh, apparently a lot of these schools are just not letting kids go to the bathroom right now. Which that is, seems uh, like a that seems like a really bad idea. Yeah, um, possibly illegal, but yeah, I would assume that that would be illegal. But yeah, there's a, there was like a some someone made a Reddit post. They're like, my son called me today during school and said he had to take a shit, but they wouldn't let him. And then I called the school and they said, no, he's telling the truth. The bathrooms are closed. You, so, I, your son, uh, you had he now you have to bring your mask and your colostomy bag to school. Yeah, schools love doing collective punishment. Yeah, but, uh, it, that's one of the worst aspects of uh, being a yeah. student in a public school is just like the fact that everyone gets punished all the time for reasons that should be very clear to pinpoint the actual source of. Specifically, like someone who gets bullied incessantly and then finally fights back and gets suspended yeah, for it. Yeah, that shit always sucks to see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, look. We were children once too. Yeah, can might, you believe it? Might not look like it, but uh, you <laughs> not, know. Not these days. Back in our day, uh, late 90s. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're, when you're a kid, your brain is stupid. And you yeah. don't really think about, you know, the effects of your actions. You just you, you just, just do, do them. them. Yes. Uh, you don't think about the person who has to clean up the mess or the ramifications of the destruction you're causing because you're, you're a child. And for most of your life so far, other people have just cleaned up after you. Yeah. You've been conditioned to expect that to continue. But yeah, you're a child. You know, you can't help it. But it's it's still a dick move and you should be better than this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't do this. This is Come wrong. On. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're literally inadvertently bullying your custodians. Yeah. The, like lowest paid employees of your school. Yeah. Who are already, they're at the bottom of the totem pole. And they're the... the unjustifiably the least respected, although they yeah. keep the school running, honestly. They, they, do. they do. a lot more work than those stupid principals, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Yeah. And yeah, bullying is wrong, whether it's uh, your fellow students or your, your school's custodian. How could you forget? They solved bullying a few years back. I remember it in the news. Yeah, well, not the case, apparently. Anyway, yeah. the article continues. 
Administrators and law enforcement are blaming the damage on a TikTok trend involving the hashtag devious lick or <laughs> devious licks. Yeah. Students are said to be destroying or stealing school property for attention on social media. A lick is now slang for theft. Hmm. TikTok says it is removing content with the hashtag and redirecting the search results to its community standard. We expect our community to stay safe and create responsibly, and we do not allow content that promotes or enables criminal activities, a TikTok spokesperson said in a statement. Even so, NPR was easily able to find school vandalism videos by making small changes to the lettering. One video showed someone with a bottle of red liquid spraying it all over a toilet and wall in a bathroom stall. Yeah. Uh, I saw one that was like a kid straight up stole a, a projector from his classroom. Yeah. Like. We used to do the one when we were kids. I don't know if it's still done or not, but you would. Uh, I say we. I never actually did it, but it was a thing that people said that they did. Although I don't think I ever saw it in action either. But everyone was saying that they were doing it was you would take a shit in the top of the toilet. Oh, the upper decker. And then, and then it, you would flush it, and it would constantly be shit flushing into the toilet. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I'm, and su I'm sure that happened. Honestly, it, it would ha you'd have to be, have, it would be, have to be the perfect scenario. Because if you take a log, it's not going to show up yeah. when you flush it. Yeah, it has to be, you know, some stuff where you wouldn't be feeling well if you were uh -huh. in the correct position to make yeah. it work. But, um, yeah, look, as the adults in the room who have a direct line to someone who might be watching and wants to get some easy clout, smashing shit up in a bathroom, yeah. for the sake of your school janitors, who you should respect, you knock it off. Knock it off. Knock it off. Stop it. Oh, they're, they're, kid, they're doing it even more now. No, we told them not to do it, and they did it more. Uh, they, kids just don't listen, do they? Okay, well, listen, if... If altruism isn't going to get to you, how about self-preservation? You shouldn't, if you're going to be doing this kind of shit, when people did this at our age, they weren't posting it directly to the internet. You're, <laughs> you're, you're self-incriminating yourself. Yes. But that's the thing is, like, like okay, I mean, not to get, like, too obvious here, but, like, what is the point if they're not filming it and getting clout for it? This wouldn't yeah. be happening if there wasn't some sort of weird reward, whether it be social clout without posting the videos online with your friends being like, oh, he's... He fucking destroyed that bathroom. Yeah. Uh, or video, actual video evidence of you doing it, which is very dumb. And in both situations, you're going to get caught because all kids do is run their fucking mouths. Yeah. And all it takes is one principal or teacher to be like, hey, you better tell me who fucking did it or you're going to get suspended. And then it's like, all right, well, this kid's going to rat people out even if they didn't do it. They should just shut the schools down again. Shut the schools down. This school year was obviously a fucking mistake in, yeah. in several much more serious ways. You let kids back in and they're breaking the bathrooms. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe this is a cry for help. And, Could uh, be. You, you need to shut the schools down again. Well, look, that's not the only trend, Elliot, because the next trend on the list of TikTok trends this week is beaning. And it's shockingly exactly what it sounds like. It's throwing beans everywhere and filming it. I mean, that's funny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> beans are funny. <laughs> they are the funniest looking food. Uh, <laughs> this, it, this one is actually so stupid that I, I'm not surprised that it is growing in popularity, uh, specifically in the UK, by the way. I don't know if this oh, is Oh, and they have, the best, they have the best beans, that brown sauce. <laughs> yes. I don't know if this has caught on in America yet. Uh, you've, you've been beaned. Uh, we beaned them good. Uh, but <laughs> unlike the bathroom one where people are... <laughs> Maybe not entirely aware that they're actually committing crimes. Beaning seems a little less uh, harsh. I don't know. 
Uh, here's some reporting from Yahoo News, which even this reporting sounds like it was written with a smirk the entire time. Police have been forced to issue a warning following a rise in young people throwing baked beans over people's property after the bizarre trend developed on TikTok. The trend has been called beaning and involves young people, usually children, filming themselves throwing baked beans on people's houses, cars, and driveways. They have been spreading the trend with the hashtag Bean Bandits. Bean Bandits. I'm the Bean Bandit. It continues, the trend has become such a problem, police have asked shopkeepers to keep an eye out on people <laughs> buying unusually large amounts of baked beans. Police also ask parents to keep an eye on if their children are leaving the house with beans without a reason. <laughs> hey, where are you going with those beans? This is like when, uh, when the, the government and police were like, if you see a teenager with a can of soup, yeah. they might be up to no good. Soup for my family. Yeah. These are beans for my family. No, officer. <laughs> beans are going to be eaten. I assure you. And you know These what? These delicious might... legumes—they have all the the nutritional sustenance I need. It, if you want to get away with this, you have to just carry toast with you as well, and a, and a grilled tomato. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Owens of West Yorkshire Police said, "It has come to the attention of the police that a new trend is started by groups of youths called beaning." This involves use throwing the contents of a can of beans over properties, very similar to the trend of throwing eggs at properties. If you work in a shop, please, can you be aware of youths buying large quantities of cans of beans? If you have children living at home, please be mindful if you see them removing cans of beans from the family home. See, I, yeah, this is what happens when Nando's gets shut down. Yeah. Uh, the lads have nowhere to banter anymore. They turn to beaning. Yep. Society's <laughs> collapsing all around us. On both sides of the Atlantic. When they took those Nandos away, the, you had to have assumed that the local youth would be up to no good. Yeah. If you can't have a, a nice, safe spot to banter with the lads, then it goes to the streets, in the back alleys, if you're in the bean houses. If you're a British youth and you haven't had the taste of peri-peri sauce in two weeks, you start to go a little crazy. Yeah. Being crazy. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's a real shame. But uh, before we get into the rest of the news from this week, let's take a second to thank today's sponsors. Uh, starting with Masterclass. Masterclass gives you the extra knowledge and motivation that you need to take your craft, whatever it may be, even beaning. There's a beaning class from um, Oliver Digilbottom. Mr. Bean. <laughs> from Mr. Bean. Uh, yeah. It's not true, but there's a lot of other great <laughs> there's, classes. There's great classes here that have nothing to do with beans, uh, well, unless it's cooking. Yeah. Uh, Masterclass shines at getting you to the next level of your craft because you are getting information from literally the best people in the business from a variety of fields like cooking, mm. music, film, animation, business, tech, and plenty more. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove. You can improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay or learn game design and theory from Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world classes, I don't know why I'm laughing at this, uh, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Yeah. Elliot, tell them about how good a guitar you've gotten. Uh, so good. I'm basically Tom Morello now. Yes. Because I watched the Tom Morello class and he reveals all of his secrets. Yeah. Want to know how he makes a guitar sound like that? The way guitar doesn't usually sound? Mm -hmm. Well, Masterclass has the answers. You want to figure out how two uh, separate songs could go together perfectly while two others uh, make you sound like a bad DJ? Well, guess what? Questlove perfected music curation. Yeah. And he's willing to give you the tips. Instead of licking up school property, why don't you lick up some knowledge? Yes, exactly. These cinema quality no classes. No bathrooms in master class either. No, no. 
The bathroom is your well, house. The, the, the class sessions are very short. Yeah, no yeah. need for a bathroom break. Yeah. These cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts, and the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about the craft. You can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or computer, and at just 10 to 15 minutes. You can squeeze a few lessons in here or there without setting aside an entire day. If you're interested, we definitely think you should check it out. And right now, for our viewers, you can buy one annual membership for yourself and get one free to share. Go to masterclass.com slash newsdump to get started with this limited time offer. That is masterclass.com slash newsdump to get one annual membership for yourself and one for free to share. This episode is also sponsored by Gainful. There is nothing more personal than your health. So <clears throat> when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals, you need a personalized approach. Thankfully, now there's Gainful, the personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and goals. Gainful gives you peace of mind that your protein, hydration, and pre-workout supplements contain the finest ingredients specifically for you. It's extremely easy. You take this little quiz. It uh, honestly personalizes what you should be doing and, yeah. and what you should be taking Fill out your for goals. your fitness goals. Yeah, and then just any... It, the thing I like about it is any uh, dietary sensitivities yeah. you have, they basically they mix... Because, you know, you go to the store, you buy workout powder, you don't know really what... Or how much... Like, it's sort of one yes, size fits all. Yeah. This is literally designed specifically for you. Yes, it, it takes all of the guesswork out. So, yeah, you can get started by taking a five-minute Gainful quiz. Then Gainful considers your dietary needs, goals, and unique physiology to personalize that formula. Gainful delivers your supplements with no shipping charge every month, and you can cancel anytime or adapt your plan as needed. All Gainful products are formulated by their on-staff registered dietitians and are backed by pro-level exercise scientists on their science advisory board. Every Gainful customer gets complimentary one-on-one -on -one access to their own registered dietitian, available anytime to answer your questions. Gainful's rigorous quality control process ensures that your supplements only have clean ingredients that you can pronounce, along with zero artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. Start your personalized fitness journey today with Gainful. To get $20 off your personalized supplements, go to gainful.com slash newsdump. That is gainful.com slash newsdump for $20 off. Gainful, personalized nutrition made for your tastes. All right, back into the news now with an update on the saga surrounding Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls in Trinidad. Yeah. Uh, in case you somehow missed all of this, Nicki Minaj accidentally started an international conflict and reinvigorated the anti-vax movement by tweeting that her cousin from Trinidad's friend got big swollen balls and became impotent after getting the vaccine, which obviously isn't true. And if there were any truth to this story at all, it would be that Nikki's cousin's friend from Trinidad probably cheated on his fiance, got an STI, and used the vaccine as an excuse for his predicament in order to somehow save his marriage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, because the anti-vax crowd will listen to anyone that agrees with them, they, they, it launched an entire week of discourse. The dumbest week in American history. Yeah, at a time where we absolutely don't need this. And it resulted in repeated coverage on Fox News and even spawned a fucking protest at the CDC in Atlanta. Uh, from XXL Mag. On Wednesday, September 15th, over a dozen barbs, aka Nicki Minaj's fans, converged outside the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention headquarters in Atlanta to defend Nicki's viewpoints about the COVID-19 vaccine. Quote, Nicki Minaj told me the truth. Dr. Fauci lied to me, the protesters chanted, according to a report on CBS 46 Atlanta. Yeah, they're screaming this into megaphones outside of the CDC. And actually, there's more, there's a lot more to this that wasn't picked up on the mainstream news, but that group of people in Atlanta that were at this protest are a group called 
the Black Hammer organization, I think. And there's there's a lot of lore there, but they're it's a cult, oh, and okay. there's I I I and a lot of other people will not be surprised if it goes full Jonestown within like a couple of years. It is there's something to look out for. There's a lot more there, is yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. But anyway, what's even more absurd about all this is that this fucking cousin's friend's ball story yeah. has had such an effect on people that the government here and over in Trinidad have responded, as well as Dr. Fauci himself, who said in an interview this week with a uh, presumably a huge sigh. <laughs> <laughs> a defeated sigh. Ugh. Look, there's no evidence that it happens, nor is there any mechanistic reason to imagine that it would happen. There's a lot of misinformation, mostly on social media. The only way we know to counter this mis and disinformation is to provide a lot of correct information. Fauci said. But they just don't listen. So essentially debunk these kinds of claims, which may be innocent on her part. I'm not blaming her for anything, but she should be thinking twice about propagating information that really has no basis. The White House offered to set up a call between Minaj and one of its doctors with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, saying, we offered a call with Nicki Minaj and one of our doctors to answer questions she had about the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. This is pretty standard and something we do all the time. It was a very early stage call at a staff level, staff to staff. We're not even at the point of discussing, I should say at this point, the mechanisms or formats or anything along those lines. It was simply an offer to have a conversation. And all of these responses, just you have to assume they're just like, oh, really? Still with this? Thanks, Nicki Minaj. Uh, as we said before, officials in Trinidad have had to get involved. They're so upset that this is why they're in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, from Pitchfork, at a press conference Tuesday, the Honorable Terence D'Alsing, Trinidad and Tobago's Minister of Health, said that officials spent Tuesday looking into Minaj's claim and, quote, wasted so much time yesterday running down this false claim. It is, as far as we know, at this point in time, there has been no such reported either side effect or adverse event. And what was sad about this is that it wasted our time yesterday trying to track down because we take all these claims seriously, whether it's on social media or mainstream media. As we stand now, there is absolutely no reported such side effect or adverse event of testicular swelling in Trinidad or, I dare say, Dr. Hins anywhere else. None that we know of elsewhere in the world. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, if this guy's balls got massive, you'd think he'd want to show them off. Where's the balls? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like there you go. There, there's where we are on the topic of Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls in Trinidad. I'm fully on Team Cardi B. I mean, I already was. <laughs> this just fuck you, Nicki Minaj. It. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Fucking Tucker Carlson. Just the the graphics from Fox News this week. Like you you hear this all the time. Like if you showed the world five years ago the stuff happening today, they they. It, they wouldn't even be able to process it. But this past week, with this fucking story, especially, it's just like... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on now to an update on uh, that CBS reality competition show based on activism. Yeah. It's being completely retooled, apparently, and it's all thanks to the massive backlash and constant mockery that the announcement received online. From NPR, CBS thought it had a win when it announced The Activist, a reality show where six contestants would compete in a variety of activism-themed contests before appearing at a summit of world leaders in Italy, a format that press materials called awe-inspiring, groundbreaking, and sure to inspire real change. 
But in the week since the network's announcement, backlash has come from all corners, including an apology from one of the program's own hosts. Now the show's producers have announced they will dramatically reformat the show, dropping the competitive elements to become a one-time documentary special rather than a five-episode <laughs> series. They admit defeat. We've canceled it, but we're not going to say we canceled it. But we've canceled it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, there was, a, like, a brief... Um, not like a full interview, but like a, uh, a quote from someone who was called by producers to like oh. see if their activism was good enough. Yeah, I saw that there was and like and a like thread about the bone that. And like, well, I, I mean, I hope I make it because the issue I'm working towards is really important. Oh, there was another one that I saw where, uh, yeah, they it was just this activist talking about the process of it and just being like, fuck these people. Yeah, They're like, like <laughs> disheartening and just also like exploitative. Yeah, just um, even the whole process of even just explaining their activism. The producers are like, oh, that's kind of boring. Can, you, can, can you, we spice this can up? Can you like cry a little bit while you're doing it? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, quote, it has become apparent the format of the show as announced distracts from the vital work these incredible activists do in their communities every day, said CBS and its co-producers, advocacy group Global Citizen and entertainment giant Live Nation in a joint statement emailed to NPR. Global activism centers on collaboration and cooperation, not competition. We apologize to the activists, hosts, and the larger activist community. We got it wrong, wrote Global Citizen in Oops. a separate statement. Uh, the group declined to comment further. Um, and uh, there was, yeah, another part of this that I read, I think it was like in Variety, which went into more detail about like just how much they'll have to scrap. Apparently a decent amount of it was filmed already and they have to, they're keeping like a very small percentage and having to refilm everything else. Oops. Yeah. This is worse than when uh, everyone got fucking Giardia on that Wipeout show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there you go. Ultimate slip and slide. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate slip. Little did they know. The, thing the real the, upper decker was the ultimate slip and slide yeah, all along. And the, and the only thing slipping and sliding was their doo-doo. Their doo-doo coming out of their butt cheeks all over their legs <laughs> from the diarrhea. Uh, anyway. Anyways, yeah, while we're on the topic of immediate failures, Twitter recently launched their platform's super follow feature, which is touted as a way for creators on their platform to monetize their work, a.k.a. tweets, by putting their tweets behind a paywall. Well, not that this is shocking in any way, but it looks like people really don't give a shit about this. And in the first two weeks of the rollout, the super follow option has only generated around $6,000 total across all of Twitter. From TechCrunch, Twitter's creator platform, SuperFollows, is off to an inauspicious start, having contributed to somewhere around $6,000 in U.S. iOS revenue in the first two weeks the feature has been live, according to app intelligence data provided by Sensor Tower. And it's made only around $600 or so in Canada. <laughs> A small portion of that revenue may be attributed to ticketed spaces, Twitter's other in-app purchase offered in the U.S., but there's no way for this portion to be calculated by an outside firm. While access on the creation side is limited, the ability to subscribe to creators is not. Any Twitter iOS user in the US or Canada can super follow any number of the supported creator accounts. In the US, Twitter has 37 million monetizable daily active users as of Q2 2021. Of course, only some subset of those will be iOS users. Uh, yeah, so like this is like a thousand people using it out of 37 million. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking... Because it's, it's like $5 a month. You're going to charge me to look at your tweets? I'm just not going <laughs> to look, fucking look at them. Yeah. Like, well, I think there's cheaper options, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, the breakdown is... Even, like, they have a breakdown of, like, creators. And, like, the top creators on the super follow thing have, like, 15 super followers. It's... Uh, I don't think it's going to catch on. No. Um, 
Stop so trying to make go. Twitter something it isn't. Yeah, and then like, so the ticketed spaces is literally like, you have to pay to get into club, like a clubhouse, like Twitter's version of Clubhouse, mm -hmm. where you can listen to people talk. Um, yeah, I see a lot of people doing that. I like, I feel, I feel like the only money to be made there is off of like marks for cryptocurrency. Yeah, because that's what like Clubhouse was. It's all just the crypto biggest freaks. one was crypto. Yeah, yeah, so maybe there's something there with that, but they're just gonna be like. Well, we pay for it if you allowed us to, to get in with our Bitcoins and Litecoins and HTHs and Shiba Inus. Um, so there you go. Um, but uh, over in movie news, yeah, if Hollywood. You, if you like this year's Mortal Kombat movie that premiered on HBO Max, and uh, I'm sure there are dozens of you out there, well, good news, because according to reports, Warner Brothers is looking to build out, oh God, an entire Mortal Kombat cinematic universe. Yeah. Uh, hidden within other press reports about the streaming model that was embraced by HBO Max this year and analysis of the upcoming Dune release was a little nugget of info that stated, other films that had a hybrid release still have talks of sequels, with Warner Brothers looking to develop other installments in its Mortal Kombat universe. Which, I mean, look. Look, I like this. I liked the, the movie for what it was. It just didn't have enough. It didn't go far enough. It the The new movie, the whole movie felt like the first act of... Well, that's why they're building out the universe, Elliot. And it also looked like the movie may have uh, hit its budget wall at some point because there's like CG that looks great. Yeah. Uh, and then there's CG that looks like the 1990s, like Annihilation. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange movie. I mean, I didn't even hate it. I just, it just kind of, I, I didn't get a whole lot out of it. Look, it was dumb, but it, it, it had... <laughs> It did enough right where I was like, yeah, I'd watch another one of these. Plus, if it follows the video game series and the model that has been set by Warner Brothers where every movie that they make is a gangbang of intellectual uh, property, uh, we could you know, maybe see a bunch of characters from across their vast library mm -hmm. of IP ripping each other's heads off eventually. The Joker? What? <laughs> what is he doing here? Uh, so yeah, hey, good for them. Yeah. And in big Christopher Nolan news, He's found a new home over at Universal Pictures, where he'll be making his next film based on the development of the atomic bomb. Uh, hopefully it does well, because the headlines will literally write themselves. It's true. It's a bomb. That's what they used to call bad movies. I don't know if they still do. Yeah, they can't, they can't do it anymore. Anyway, here's the scoop from Deadline. Universal Pictures has landed the right to finance and distribute the next film that Christopher Nolan will direct based on his script about J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. A theoretical physicist who became the director of the Los Alamos Laboratory, Oppenheimer headed the research and development of the bomb that ended World War II under what was covertly called the Manhattan Project. Nolan will produce the film alongside his wife and longtime producing partner, Emma Thomas, for their Syncope Inc. banner. Sources said that the film is now greenlighted to begin production in the first quarter of 2022. So ends a long, charmed run between Nolan and Warner Brothers, which yielded the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Dunkirk, and most recently, Tenet. And he might have backed out because of HBO Max's hybrid model, which... I, uh, yeah, no, he, he and he pretty much said that that was... He, he was which so is upset. Like, uh, like, look, I don't care. I don't give a fuck where this guy goes. It doesn't matter what production company's name is on it. it yeah. The movie he makes is going to be the movie he makes. He's one of yeah. those directors. But I do feel like it's a bit unfair for him to fucking come down on Warner. And we fucking, you know we hate Warner Brothers for the most part. But I do think it is a bit unfair considering... It's Tenet, a pandemic. Tenet came out six months into the pandemic. Yeah. We are now a year and six months into the pandemic. And... Not much has changed, but like really, 
especially then they didn't really have a fucking choice. And yeah. they even released it in theaters. Yeah. Risk be damned. Yeah. With no vaccine at the time. Yeah. And he's still just like, well, well, they put it on there to get subscriber numbers. And it's like, dude, come on. Whatever. I, like I said, I don't care who's putting it out. It's a Nolan film, so yeah. I'll probably see it. Although, Tenet has been out readily available for a long time, and I just have no interest in it at all. I heard it was bad from most people I've heard you have seen from it. From Nolan so. enjoyers. Yeah. Um, so, But yeah, I'm interested in like the whole Oppenheimer thing. That's actually yeah. a big part of history that I'm I am interested become in. Death, death. death destroyer of worlds. of worlds. I think that's what he said. And then the room spins because it's Christopher Nolan. And then yeah. time moves backwards. Uh, Los Alamos is crazy because like multiple people died horrific deaths while just making the tiniest mistakes. Yeah. Like uh, one of the guys that died, <laughs> he was he was using just like a screwdriver to like hold up uh, hold two pieces of material. They had if you let them touch, it set off. A, you get the uranium fever. You get you get a. Uh, it overloads and everyone in the room gets really fucking sick. And he uh, he was just using a screwdriver to keep him apart. And, like dropped it and just blasted with so much radiation. You should do it like Memento, where a Japanese city rebuilds itself in seconds, and then it ends with uh, a guy going to art school. Yeah, that would be interesting. I'd watch that. Yeah. Anyway, since uh, we accidentally started covering the Jeopardy host uh. drama a few weeks back, we now have to update you anytime someone on that production breathes. Uh, this time it appears to be some good news because fan favorite and Bean Dad compatriot, mm -hmm. Bean Ken Dad Je Survivor, <laughs> yeah. Ken Jennings, he appears to have locked down the hosting gig uh, in part, at least until the end of this year. From Variety, Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings will host the remaining episodes of Jeopardy for the rest of the year, Variety has confirmed. However, the search for a final permanent host is still ongoing. Bialik will take over hosting duties for the first couple of weeks, starting September 20th and running through November 5th. She and Jennings will then trade off as their schedules allow. The two of them will tape enough episodes to get Jeopardy through the end of the year. And here's the backstory from that article, in case you somehow missed our previous coverage. The news comes after the short-lived tenure of former Jeopardy executive producer Mike Richards, who was named host and then stepped down nine days later after insensitive comments that he made on a past podcast resurfaced, along with two previous discrimination lawsuits from his time on The Price is Right. Eleven days after stepping down as host, Richards was fired as executive producer of Jeopardy, and the five episodes that he filmed during that brief time span began airing this week. Uh, his shows came with no indication of any behind-the-scenes turmoil. Okay. Yeah, there Great. you go. Uh, so aside from that, uh, the, the big news uh, on my side of things, my uh, the things that I enjoy, um, but also very aggravating is that uh, the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo was just like, hey, by the way, um, what if the Switch had Bluetooth audio? Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, that'd be great. That'd be really convenient. Oh, yeah, well, now it does. Hey, it does now. And it could have the entire fucking yeah. time. I, I was shocked that it hadn't had that. That's uh, there's There was like... Things that you could buy that would yeah. allow it to do like that. A dongle. Yeah, like a dongle that you would plug in or whatever. And it's like, wait, the whole time all you guys had to do is flip a switch? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's great. It's great because, I mean, not that I, I'm flying a bunch anymore, but like the big thing when I was use it is like flying and it's like I'm wrapped up in cables. I got a portable charger plugged into it. I, I got the headphones plugged into it. It's just, it's a mess. So while this is good, it's also extremely frustrating that this was literally a like patch, yeah. a patchable thing. Well. So, like, thanks, but also fuck you. 
Uh, also, uh, one of our friends, uh, Stanley Sievers, uh, he put out a short film called Samurai Sword that you should uh, check out. Uh, he, here's what it's about. A down-and-out loser spends all of his money on a cursed sword in hopes that unlocking its power will change his fate for good. Uh, he got featured on a website recently for yeah. doing this short film, and it's uh, really good. He's, uh, he's one of our friends, and he's actually really big on the TikTok. Uh, he hasn't he done any of the dangerous tr uh, trends, no. but... Uh, just wholesome, safe TikToks. Yes, exactly. Um, anyways, that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our new episode of Weekly Weird News coming up soon. In the meantime, check out our newest episodes of Tech Newsday and uh, the other show that we did this week. It's been a long week. What did we cover? I don't remember. What was Tech Newsday? Oh, it was uh, the Freedom Phone. Yeah, the Freedom Phone! Hey. And the Cucks. Yes, the Freedom Phone and the Cucks. Anyways, check both of those out. Like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.